Recording in progress. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Aaron and Patricia. My name is Patricia. And my name is Aaron. And today on the show, we have Animaniac Season 2 announced to be released on November 5th. Uh, the trailer for the Uncharted movie has been released recently with this release date of February of 2022. Uh, Disney Television will be producing 31 original movies for Disney Channel, Disney Junior, and Disney+. Plus. Uh, voice actors Christopher Ayers and Jack Angel have recently passed away. Alec Baldwin shoots a prop gun, killing one person and injuring another during a film set of Rust. Uh, there was a Netflix walkout after the the Dave Chappelle special, the IATSE strike has settled down, a uh, video game um, director has criticized Metroid Dread, saying that it has poor design, uh, 343 shows features of Halo Infinite, Linda Zemensky, the head of PBS Kids Content, will be leaving the network for another, we'll be talking about that. The first five episodes of Amphibia Season 3 will be premiering on Disney Plus on November 3rd, and finally, a very popular preschool series is going to be getting a upcoming video game. You're listening to Aaron and Patricia on the 24th of October of 2021. Yeah, uh, just about the Aaron Metta Show. Apologies for the delay on uh, putting up the live stream on the Aaron Metta Show podcast feed. By the way, it's already up on Old School Lane, so you might as well watch it there anyway. So, yeah, yeah. but eventually we'll put it up on there. And then after that, we'll be making announcements about so what we're going to be doing with the show. So uh, that's on that side of things. Uh, Patricia, what's going on over at the Old School Lane podcast? Well, um, as mentioned just right now, you can check out Erin uh, and Patricia last week's episode, uh, the live stream of it on my YouTube channel. But in addition to that, then you can check out the um, the importance of slice of life animation that I did on my YouTube channel. I did a presentation where I did do it for Offbeat Kiki's uh, cartoon community PowerPoint night, but my audio was incredibly glitched up. And so I re-recorded it and I represented it on on my own YouTube channel. So if you're interested in checking it out, then please do so. Cool. Okay, so shall we start off with the uh, first order of business? Yes. So Animaniac Season 2, the trailer has been out a couple of days and uh, the release will be on November 5th on Hulu. And yeah, it is what you expect for Animaniacs. It starts off with this Thundercats parody with um, Wacko being uh, Snarf and uh, Dot being Shatara and uh, Yakko being Lionel. So it had this like a classic homage to a classic 80s cartoon and then you have like all the crazy wacky shenanigans that you would see with Yakko, Wacko and Dot and Pinky in the brain so yeah the typical things that you would expect in Animaniacs yeah I mean in regards to the trailer I mean like let's face it we know who the uh, two main stars are basically it's the Warner Brothers and the Warner Sister and Pinky in the brain like uh, those, yes. are, those are the big things going into this and so I think uh, we know who's going to get most of the attention so uh, but mind you just keep this in mind like uh, me and Patricia haven't watched Animaniacs as of yet but so uh, we're only just kind of keeping up with uh, some of the clips and things like that have been going on there so uh, I mean uh, what's a new uh, content they're going to bring out in regards to season two like uh, any like any new characters or, like anything uh, different that they've done uh, prior uh, we mean we're not too sure about at the moment and they're not really been teasing it so i guess uh, we are just going to be going with um i mean i don't know it's kind of like uh i don't know if it's going to be going with the fact that like it's going to be like cow and chicken where it's going to be like you know we'll uh we'll get a cow and chicken cartoon you know like uh start off with and then after we'll get an i am weasel cartoon in the middle and then after that we close out with a cow and chicken you know sketch so okay. I mean, like uh, it, it might end up going into uh, so that route. I don't know, but uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to find out pretty pretty much soon enough, anyway. 
So yeah, and I'm, I'm sure they probably did the same thing with season one, in which like they you know reintroduced the Warner Brothers and Warner Sister and Pinky and the Brain into the mix, and also I think that they did introduce some new characters. Um, we saw this uh, secret agent, uh, we saw this cop, we saw this. Um, a uh, really muscular looking guy on top of the water tower. So uh, I don't know if they're going to be coming back into the season. Uh, but again, we only just saw with like clips of the trailer and speculation. So again, we have not seen season one of Animaniacs on Hulu because, well, um, <laughs> apparently, you know, according to, uh, you know, when we try to watch it together, uh, the UK doesn't have Animaniacs on Hulu yet. So we, yes, um, this is well, why. Well, at least I don't have it yet. I mean, like, uh, let's just say I'm going to be investing in a particular VPN and then eventually we'll probably get to it. So Yeah, exactly. So that's that's the reason why we haven't talked about it yet. Yeah, but eventually we will do. And so, I mean, everyone just uh, stay tuned and, uh, you know, eventually we'll, we'll get to Animaniacs at some point in time. So, yeah. But um, yeah. In, in regards to uh, this, I mean, like, uh, it seems exciting. I think to have uh, mm-hmm. Animaniacs back on the, um, you know, back on back on Hulu again, and uh, yep. it's also not only that we've, uh, but so not only was season two also confirmed, I believe season three was also confirmed for uh, yes, Animaniacs it was, too. Yes. So I mean, like, uh, you know, uh, so we still got something to uh, look forward to in this regard, and uh, I don't know, it's gonna be kind of weird, like, because that's the, um, uh, you know, before you would like uh, get to you know the end of a season, then you'd be finding out if uh, the season's gonna get renewed yet, but now we seem to be getting to the situation where like we'll know about other seasons before even the first season you know the season before it has even began so right. it's just it's and even like you know we go to molly mcgee obviously we've you know we got season two already you know before even yes. season one's been probably announced so um but uh i mean obviously we know the situation with the owl house where like uh, we already know about season two but season three obviously been cut short but uh you know that's a topic for another time but um in regards to the way Animaniacs is going right now, I think, uh, you know, uh, they're still knocking it out of the park from what I can see from people watching the show. So, I mean, uh, there's uh, no reason to believe that, uh, you know, there's any future in doubt in regards to uh, Animaniacs being a mainstay on Hulu right now. So Yeah, for sure. And I think that... Um, if things continue to go well, if the ratings and the views are climbing up, then I'm sure they will be getting a season four or a season five or, um, you know, maybe like more spinoffs like we did with like Pinky and the Brain and we did with like, um, you know, uh, Hysteria and Freakazoid. And, uh, you know, I know people don't like Pinky Elmira in the Brain, but uh, that's besides well, the point. Well, I highly doubt it. Keep in mind, Pinky Elmira in the Brain was basically done because the, the studio demanded it, not because, you know, the creators <laughs> exactly. wanted to go through with it. So there's, Exactly. There's a massive difference there. I I I don't know. It's it's kind of weird because Hulu just seems to be kind of like leaving Animaniacs to their own devices. Like, uh, it doesn't seem to be... And by the way, why would it be a situation where they would get involved in in, in, in the production? Why? What what for? I have no idea. Yeah, so as far as I'm concerned, like, I mean, if they... Um, want to uh, you know do Animaniacs the way that they feel like uh, they want to do Animaniacs and just leave the guys to it. I mean, like it's a winning combination already. So I don't see a reason why they would need to get involved in any particular any particular event. I mean, the experts are in control here and they're in the driver's seat and they're uh, driving uh, pretty well right now. So you know, like uh, I I would be a bit disappointed to hear that you know Hulu's somehow like you know you know pulling strings behind the scenes because if they are like uh, you know you'll definitely tell you know as episodes go on. It's kind of the same way that we see with Disney shows. You know. You can definitely tell at Disney uh, in the driver's seat at, one, at some point, and then all of a sudden, like uh, they uh, get to the point where 
um, the creators you get get hold of the show and then you full control of the show and then you see you know it starts to get better as it as it goes along. I mean we, we've uh, we've seen that so many times. So yeah. I can't see why Hulu would then suddenly get involved in in the show's production like you know massively. I think it wouldn't necessarily be you know uh, nece- it wouldn't be necessary. I don't think. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think that from what I've been hearing for people who transition from doing animation on television to animation on streaming sites, that there's actually a lot more creative freedom. Uh, Craig McCracken, uh, you know, when he created, um, you know, stuff such as the Powerpuff Girls, Foster's Home and uh, Wander Over Yonder, I guess that Wander Over Yonder is a good example where that show was cut very short. It only had two seasons. He had a third season that he had an idea for, but because that Wander Over Yonder had very very low ratings that the show was canceled and so when he moved over to doing kid cosmic on netflix he said wow i've never had this much creative freedom i know exactly in terms of you know what where the story is going to go and they seem to be really liking it so yeah i mean it's only a matter of time in which we're going to see you know some of our other favorite creators going over into these streaming sites yeah i do apologize everybody this chair has a mind of its own right now so like uh, it's, uh, <laughs> i don't know it's, it's, uh... Probably I'll get another chair at some point and uh, probably use that instead. But uh, yeah, okay. here we go. Right. Okay. So um, yeah, Animaniacs uh, season two. We're looking forward to it. So uh, yes. no, no worries here. Right. Um, let's move on to uh, the trailer for the Uncharted movie, uh, which has been released. So I mean, yes. I'm not very familiar with Uncharted. So and also I'm not. I do apologize. I'm not seeing the trailer actually. So Patricia, I'll let you leave with this one. Okay, so I am familiar with Uncharted because I played through the mainline video games. And I think I even played the PS Vita one a while ago, but again, um, not very memorable in terms of like the Uncharted game. So for those who don't know, Uncharted is a video game franchise that is released by Sony and it is uh, produced by Naughty Dog, the same company who did the Crash Bandicoot games, Jack and Daxter, and The Last of Us. So it is focuses on an explorer named Nathan drake and his partner victor sullivan aka sully and they go around looking for treasures that have been told in legends and uh, they try looking for it and they go through these major adventures solving puzzles and going through obstacles and fighting off against these crime lords and various people who want to be able to get the treasure so every single game there's always a different treasure the first one was looking for el dorado the second one was looking for the the treasure of shaharaza the um, uh you have you know every single one of them is based off of an actual legend and so uh there were uh, four main games in the series focusing on Nathan Drake. And of course, there was also the spinoff ones for like the handhelds. And it ended with Uncharted for a Thieves' End. I mean, that's, you know, the story is complete. And so along the way, you meet up with a reporter named Elena and you get to, you know, go along with adventures with her. You get to find out about Drake, um, Nathan Drake's ex-girlfriend, Chloe. And also in Uncharted 4, it goes more into Nathan's past, discussing about that he had a brother, Sam, and, you um, you know, they did a lot of exploring together, looking for treasures. And then, uh, you know, Sam ended up in a bad situation and so did Nathan. And so, um, Nathan was able to get out of it, but Sam was not. And so, um, in the movie trailer, now that we can finally get into this, it's a prequel. So it takes place even before the video game. So it focuses on a young Nathan Drake getting himself started and meeting up with a younger Victor Sullivan. So, 
Um, this movie has been pitched around for over 15 years. They wanted to make this movie ever since I believe Uncharted 2 became really, really popular. And so there was talks about like Mark Fillion being Nathan Drake. And, you know, he would have been perfect for it because, you know, he has that same charisma. If any of you guys have ever seen Firefly on Fox. And so um, as time went on and directors change and producers change and actors change, now we finally have the definitive version of Uncharted. And so Tom Holland is going to be playing a younger Nathan Drake and Mark Wahlberg is going to be playing a younger Victor Sullivan. And so this is like their first adventure together and they're looking for a treasure and, you know, they meet up with a bunch of crime leaders who want to be able to get the treasure too. So it does play off just like in the video games. And there's a lot of like little nuances to the video game. There's a moment where uh, Nathan is, um, you know, he gets knocked out of an airplane and he's like, dangling through carts, which is a very iconic moment in Uncharted 3. And, you know, there's a lot of talkings with like, you know, various people who end up becoming double crossers and traitors and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, the trailer does look like what you would expect in an Uncharted movie. As for its execution, I'm not sure because we just literally saw this a few days ago. And I would just look at the uh, the trailer and uh, sorry for interrupting, but uh, I mean, like uh, I'm just looking at the trailer now and uh, I just say like, I mean, Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg, I think, is a winning combination. I think uh, we can definitely tell you that right now, and uh, at least yeah. on paper, anyway. And uh, just looking at some of like, uh, the, I mean, the, the, I guess some mummy vibes from it, like uh, you know, not not the um, some of the newer. Mummy. I mean, talking about you know the 1997 you know mummy that you know had uh, uh, not not the Dwayne the Rock Johnson in it, but you know the first one that uh, came in. There. So oh, with uh, Brendan Fraser, yeah, Brendan Fraser, yeah. So I get some vibes from that. So I mean, like, uh, yeah, I mean, this, the setup is pretty good as well. I mean, there are some Bond esque kind of like things going on to, for, for it as well. So I mean, like. Uh, there is uh, there's a good movie here, I think, potentially. So potentially, um, potentially I mean, you yeah. know, they could, they, yeah. they, they could muck it up. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> but I don't know. Since Sonic the Hedgehog, I get the feeling now that movie studios are going to start taking gear video game adaptations more seriously now. You know, yeah, I, I, the successes of not only uh, Sonic the Hedgehog but also Detective Pikachu as well. So yeah, there and um, I, now, now to be fair, I have not seen Mortal Kombat yet, so I don't know how well that transitioned from. Well, I, I, I've not seen Mortal Kombat either, but uh, I think uh, right now I would say that um, you know, with uh, at least um, with looking at Uncharted and the fact that like it's nearly 14, 15 years in the making. I mean, like, and keep this in mind, like uh, it's not gone through production hell, so like. Uh, Let's put let's put that let's put that aside. Just because it's had a long uh, chance to try and like you know get off the ground doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to uh, basically be bad in that sense. But um, let's have a look at uh, you know looking at the style and looking at uh, the way that they're presenting this. I think uh, I think Uncharted fans I think have something to look forward to. I think. And, yeah, you know, like, I like, think. Like, I think like, when, when was the last time we also we keep this in mind as well? Like he's been pretty. You know, Tom Holland's been pretty uh, pretty spot on in the uh, in the Spider Man movies. You know, recently. Like, uh, like I don't think he can basically foot wrong foot at this point. So I think uh, he might have himself a winner here. I think. Yeah. I think so too. And, uh, you know, we have seen younger versions of Nathan Drake in both Uncharted 3 and in Uncharted 4. Uh, with Uncharted 3, you get like a few cutscenes, and I think you even play as him in one of the levels. And in Uncharted 4, you start off um, in some parts at the beginning of the game, as well as flashbacks in the game, because you, you know, you get to reunite with your brother, Sam, which by the way, they mentioned Sam in the trailer. 
which is much earlier than anticipated because we didn't know about Sam until Uncharted 4. I mean, we didn't even know that Nathan Drake had a brother. Well, and I mean, so- keep, keep this in mind, like, uh, this is going to be... I, I, I think one thing that I think they'll probably want to do and uh, is that uh, they don't want to, like, you know, copy the game, like, you know, uh, right out of the bat because I think if they do that... I think uh, they're going to end up just kind of like doing a retelling of like you know the same game that people have like played already. I think yeah. And, uh, I think movies and, and I, I think that's I think, why I think people who write these movies I think are going to want to tell their own want have their own spin on this. So I, I wouldn't be too surprised if like uh, they take liberties when when need be in this. Uh, you know, in the in the if, if there's going to be a movie series of Uncharted and uh, you know if uh, this does very well, I can't see why they wouldn't be. But uh, I think uh, in regards to you know the, the, how they would basically go about this. I think they all want to do their own telling, you know, not just do, not just rehash the video games again, because I think they know pretty well, like, you know, rehashing the video games is not going to give anybody's, you know, any new meat to kind of chew on, really. So. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the same thing that happened with the Ratchet and Clank movie, in which, you know, you have, like, the cutscenes, and then you have the movie play out, almost kind of verbatim to the game, with the only difference is that you play the game, and you get to experience the levels, while well, as, as in the movie, you actually get to watch it, so... Uh, I know that the movie did add in some additional things that weren't in the video game and vice versa, but still it's like for many people who saw it, it's like, well, I mean, it makes me want to play the game, but you know, I think the problem with Ratchet and Clank is, is that there was no cinematic element to it. It was basically just the game. You know, like, uh, it wasn't, uh, it didn't really give anybody any satisfaction or, like, you know, seeing Ratchet and Clank, like, on a bigger screen. They might as well just, like, watch it on the game console. Yeah, anyway. exactly. You might as well just like, you know, sit down eight hours on YouTube and just like watch the gameplay and watch the cutscene, which, uh, you know, th- I mean, you have to have a happy medium. You have to have one uh, part in which like it's very close to the video game, but not too close. And at the other hand, you have a situation where you need to make it stand out on its own, but you don't want to make it straight too far away. Like, you know, the Double Dragon movie had absolutely nothing to do with like, um, you know, the the video game, like the whole point of the video game was like, you know, it's about these two brothers and, you know, one of the bro- bro- uh, brothers, girlfriends gets kidnapped. And so they have to beat up a bunch of people, not this whole post-apocalyptic looking weird world and, you know, them fighting off and all that kind of stuff. It was just, I, weird. I, I guess the, in their minds, the, uh, the idea of your girlfriend being kidnapped is boring. So I like, you know, despite the fact that it's like a tried and tested kind of like, uh, you know, even though, you know, I don't really rate the movie taken, but you you know, uh, with Liam Nelson, but I mean, like, it's still for a lot of people still talk about that movie. You know, in regards to is, is it uh, based off of a video game? Uh, no, it's not. It's uh, but it is about a girl getting kidnapped, and then you know, his, oh, gotcha. Uh, mind you, the, the the guy, the protagonist is his dad, not necessarily his her dad, not necessarily the. Uh, the you boyfriend, know, uh, not the boyfriend, no. But I mean, like, uh, you know, girl gets kidnapped, and you know, a uh, guy needs to go and save him. Is a tried and tested method of like doing some really good action movie stuff. You know, not, so. not, not to mention television, too, because that's the first season of 24, where Jack <laughs> Bauer, his wife and his daughter get kidnapped and he has 24 hours to find them uh, right before they get killed off. So there you yeah. go. Oh, hey, let's do this really easy, uh, you know, uh, storytelling uh, type that so we can build some really great story off. Nah, let's make it convoluted and, you know, and wrong. 
<laughs> What's wrong with oh, by the people? way, I guess going into like Owl House things, because of, of course we can't stop talking about it. Um, in one of the clips of the movie trailer, Tati Gabrielle was in there. So she's going to be in the movie. And uh, for those who don't know, uh, you know, she does, um, you know, she's the uh, she plays as a uh, Prudence and Sabrina. And she is also in You, the Netflix series that's going on for uh, its third season right now. And, um, you know, she's the voice of Willow in the Owl House. So, yeah, she's going to be in the movie. Cool. So, like, uh, you know, I mean, you know uh, this is the thing, like, I hope people, like, you know, were, you know, uh, that's a, you know who work in the Owl House, you know, like Zena Robinson, for example, he's a phenomenal talent, you know, as you know, and like, uh, I always, I follow him on Twitter too, so shout out to him, but, uh, um, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, people like that, you know, uh, they deserve to go places in this, uh, in this industry because, you know, they put so much effort into uh, what they do and uh, they can make you believe that character, you know, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, like how believable is uh, Hunter Bite? You know, Hunter right now in regards to uh, you know uh, in the Owl House. You know, Very and, believable. And believable. Yeah, I mean, like he, too. yeah, exactly. So he, I mean, a lot of people compare him to Zuko in terms of like his conflict and you know trying to make his you know um, family member proud. So there you go. Well, I mean, like he's not Zuko yet. I mean, like uh, let's see how far he does turn around. I mean, in regards to that, like I don't know. Sure. I, can, I can see him going quite. Uh, quite I mean, quite going quite anti-heroish in some way. I don't know. Like, Could be a possibility. Uh, maybe possibly, yeah. Anyway, anyway, so yeah. the movie will be coming out on February of 2022. I mean, at least for now. I don't know if there's going to be any delays. But um, yeah, uh, as for like um, the looks of the movie, it's definitely really promising. The one thing that really kind of disappointed me is that they didn't have the intro. Like, it would have been so great if they would have had like a callback to the intro of, you know, the opening theme song of Uncharted because it's been in all of the video I, games. I think, it's a very iconic I think they're saving version. it for the actual movie. I think I like, hope uh, they do. Yeah, that, that's the great thing about this as well, because if they do do that, like uh, they didn't spoil everything in the trailer. Like uh, that's which, very true. You're which, right. Which, which, uh, don't, you, don't you get that now? Like a lot of movies now, it's like you know, oh hey, let's put all the best bits that you really want to see in the movie. Let's stick them in the trailer. It's like why see the movie in that case? <laughs> like, I, I don't understand that method of thinking. I really don't. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's like, you know, I, I remember, I, I think I remember like when you were complaining about that, babe, and then I was like uh, watching back like on old trailers. And um, there was this one trailer that I saw for Indiana Jones and uh, Temple of Doom. And it was like 30 seconds long. And it was just like, uh, it was like the first parts of the movie with Indy in Shanghai, and he's just beating up the people. And it was like, that's it. That's the movie. It's like coming up, you know. Uh, yeah, next year we have Indiana Jones. Exactly. Yeah. Like you know, he's like, is Indiana? Jo-? I mean, obviously it's Indiana Jones, so obviously he's a recognizable yeah. character. So like you know, you could you could have him sit there and just basically just whistle, and that could be the trailer. But you know, like uh, <laughs> everyone knows what they're in for when they see Indiana Jones. But I think for like newer movies or like you know, um, even even sequels, I would say for that matter. Like if you need to, uh, I've always been a big fan of the Pixar trailers. You know, like, you know, the, the, the Pixar mm-hmm. trailer, because they don't like, you know, because, yeah, again, I, I'm sure we talked about this tons and tons of times before, but, you know, like, you know, Ratatouille, The Incredibles, you know, like, uh, all these other um, mo- Pixar movies that have been done in the past, like, they've always done original content for those particular movies. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, mind you, the, uh, the, even some bits of the uh, the Frozen 2 trailer, for crying out loud, you know, like, uh, there was even bits in there that were just for the trailer, not for like, the actual movie. So, right. like, uh, you know, that, that was kind of cool to watch. That you was know? pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, so, like, uh, even even Frozen can do it. So, like, you know, if all these movie studios have the budget to, like, put the movie together, you can't, don't tell me that they don't have the, the budget to, like, say, okay, well, we're going to do these bits for the trailer, you know, mm-hmm. like, and they're just going to be for the trailer, and then everything else is just going to be, you know, that's the original content we're going to do for the trailer, and that's to get everybody hyped up for it, and then after that, you know, we go into the movie, and that's the movie, and everyone's going to get excited about it. 
Well, there you go. Yeah. Exactly. It, I mean, the moment that, it, I mean, I'm going to see this movie, by the way, and I just want to like sit back and, you know, enjoy my snacks and just like, you know, sit back on the, on like the recliner seats. And then the moment that the movie plays out, I just want to have like an open, like, dun, 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 dun. If that happens, they, I they will, have to, they have I'm, to do it. They have to do I, it. I will that's, be that's, so That's happy. one of the things I'm sure I, on, on, uh, you know, uh, Uncharted fans are going to be walking into that movie, movie theater to see to see that playing out on the on, on exactly the, on, on it's, the it's like it's like if it's like if you're watching a star wars movie and it doesn't play off like the classic theme song it's like it doesn't feel like star wars so yes did they need to play the intro i mean even if it's not like at the beginning of the movie maybe it'll be like at the end of the movie at least somewhere that way you know it can actually be a nice little callback mm-hmm Okay, uh, moving on. So Disney Television made a pretty exciting announcement for the Disney Channel, and that is that uh, they're going to be producing 31 original movies, and that will also include not just Disney Channel, it will also include Disney Junior, and it will also include Disney Plus as well. So Yeah, okay. th- th- this is going to be very interesting, because the last time that they did a Disney Television original film was Fluffy Dogs, and that was supposed to be as a pilot for a possible TV series, as opposed to like, you know, its own movie. So they haven't done this in 30 years. And so now they're not only going to be producing not one, not two, but over 30. And it's going to be for Disney Channel, Disney Junior, and Disney uh, Disney Plus Original. So I'm just going to read off what it says right here on DisneyTVAnimation.com. Before we get into that, I mean, like, I want to talk about the concept. Just to start sure. off with, because like, uh, I mean, because uh, you remember like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was probably even sooner than that, we talked about, uh, you know, Warner's Media and uh, Cartoon Network also kind of doing sort of, not not exactly the same thing, but sort of the same thing where, you know, they're possibly reviving what might be a concept of the What A Cartoon Show. And, uh, yes, yeah, we did talk about that. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, you know, now that Disney are doing it, I mean, like, uh, I mean, it's kind of weird, though, because, like, there's so many talented artists out, out there. Like, you know, why are they, like, you know, seem to be rescouting again from the looks of it? Like, because, uh, like, uh, I can't imagine... I mean, there was a reason why Cartoon Network did the What a Cartoon show, like, back in the time, because, obviously, you know, you only had, like, you know, Hanna-Barbera, and, like, you know, you had, like, only a certain handful of people who could basically carry, you know, Cartoon Network. And also they were just relying on reruns pretty much of Looney Tunes and like various other stuff, you know, back yeah. in the time as well. And they didn't really, they really were lacking at that time of original content. So the What A Cartoon Show made a lot of sense because then they could turn around to all these uh, creators and say, oh, hey, come on here. We'll give you, you know, a, a primetime channel to, you know, which is uh, dedicated to animation. And, you know, when they, once they did that, like they pretty much dominated for another decade. You know, and like mm-hmm. they had this really great lineup that so uh, they could all pull from. So the only thing I could think of, and also what you know, Warner Media doing it again. You know, like uh, so they're looking to uh, get some new people. You know, also from different backgrounds as well. So like uh, we're going to get a pretty colorful palette of uh, of um, or, you know original content that's going to come from there. But I yes. mean, the only thing I mean, I can only think that maybe Disney probably might have like got wind of that maybe, and maybe they're going to do their own thing where they're going to do like thirty one like- original movies to. Um, do that over that. Either that, like, that's scenario A. Scenario B is that, you know, they've seen what Pixar have done. And, you know, you and I have watched the Pixar documentaries of, like, you know, all the movies that, you know, all the shorts that they produced as well. Oh, and maybe yes. Disney probably turned around and said, oh, hey, let's do that. It works for Pixar. should work for us. Yeah, and by the way, I mean, just recently they started posting up more of their Disney shorts, the stuff that they they would put in like alongside with like Wreck-It Ralph and 
um, you know, Zootopia and other things. So uh, Paper Man and Feast and uh, there are other shorts that they released like 10 years ago uh, now are up on Disney Plus. So um, maybe coincidence? I don't know. Yeah, I just it's, uh, it's, it's interesting that this is coming about because like, uh, I mean, they're not short for talent, Disney, are they at the minute? Like, you know, you've got Dana Terry, you've got Alex Hirsch, I mean, you know, you've got, uh, you know, people with various, you know, a wrath of talent. And also on top of that, like, you know, the people are currently working under those people as well who they themselves could potentially go off and do other shows. You know, yeah, like, don't forget, it's not just Disney Channel Animation. It's also Disney Plus and Disney Junior. Exactly. Now, yeah, I mean, to be fair, because we're full grown adults, we don't know about the Disney Junior stuff. I mean, I've heard some pretty good reviews on um, Doc McStuffin, Sophia the First, and Elena of Alvador. I've heard some good things on that. So yeah, but then again, again I, that, that baffles shouldn't that baffle you again? Is like, why are you scouting for other talent when you seem to have got a plethora of people who are capable of like you know carrying the uh, carrying the channel at the moment? Like uh, I don't I, know. I, I don't like it. I don't know if I mean because uh, let's face it. Uh, Aval- you know, Avalor is not like where SpongeBob is right now. I think we can all agree. I mean, it's, like, it's a preschool show about a princess. So, but I mean, you know, like, it it's, had, it's, like, not, it's not a show that like you know is in your face pretty much twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, oh, pretty much. No, 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 not the way SpongeBob is. Definitely not. And, and we can get it's like it's aimed a bit lower than you know the six to eleven demographic. Obviously, I'll, I'll I'll take that. But it's like it's not it's not the, I I not yet heard a bunch of parents who have like. You you know, I've overheard saying, oh, you know, I'm so sick of, like, this preschool show. You know, like, it's just, like, it's it's the exact opposite. It's kind of like, you know, oh, I wish we had, you know, something like this. You know, Sure. Like, uh, I mean, you know, Mickey Mouse is still doing their preschool shows, and they've been really, really successful at it. And, um, you know, I've heard some other, you know, talks about, like, you know, all the stuff that they're doing for Disney Junior have been really, really excellent. Again, I have not seen it because... <laughs> You know, uh, I not I'm not only my you know I no. I don't have the time for it, but you know it's like it's not catered to me. But you know that doesn't mean I wouldn't be genuinely curious to check it out. But anyway, but there is a, into, there like, is a comment I would make about that. But you know, like I don't want to delve too much about my personal relationship right now. So. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but I just uh, I mean, you know, um, just going back on that. Yeah, I think uh, again, I'm I'm just surprised that uh, where we're going that but you know good on disney for doing it you know so um yeah so did you say we had a lineup of like uh, what was being announced for these, well, these movies okay so um from what i understand um i think that one of them that's in the works right now um is called schools for sensitive souls which is a disney channel uh, D- disney tva original musical animated film I believe that that has been worked on, but I haven't heard anything new about it yet. But why, why does the first uh, this, thing that why does the first thing that comes to mind when I hear that is uh, the uh, Scooby Doo's uh, Goal School? If you remember that special, I remember right. that special. Yes, yeah. and then they remade it, did they? I think. Uh, um, no, they didn't remade it. Um, cameos of the characters were featured in OKKO. Oh, okay then. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but uh, so, yeah, this was mentioned in Lightbox Expo, Ottawa Film Festival and another festival where they were talking about like, um, you know, there's going to be a Mickey Mouse Halloween and Christmas special. And there's going to be some, of course, I mean, of course, what would you expect? Anyway, Mickey Mouse in a Disney original movie? What what is this? (laughs) (laughs) What is this evil plan that you have and putting in the mouse like you know okay. uh, uh, oh, the, the the mascot of the character being in the company uh, was <laughs> i know i right what a concept anyway but um 
yeah as for like anything else uh no new information about like what's going to be in the works for any of these but i mean we don't even know if they're even going to be like you know uh, if any of these movies are going to be possible pilots for like tv shows like we mentioned before fluffy dogs was going to be a case like that back in the 80s but the, the, that the, never the, went the anywhere. fact that they're making 31 of them i could probably imagine like maybe i could probably see maybe four maybe five of them probably being future disney shows uh, possibly because like uh, i'm just thinking like because you know we had i mean we went through all this i think probably like this is last week or two weeks ago but uh you know most of the water cartoon shows that uh, were made basically were as pilots basically got picked up as uh, as uh, shows like you know johnny bravo was a huge success and uh, dexter yeah. laboratory was a huge success and powerpuff yes. girls was a huge success and so yes you know and we just named you know also uh, what we had uh um very you know courage, uh, courage the cowardly dog courage the cowardly dog well, and uh, cow and chicken. And cow and chicken. And also were uh, the cartoon, you know, like Larry and Steve also that went on to be Family Guy, which is like yes. you know, a huge thing on Adult Swim. So, I mean, like, uh, this, looking at all of this, I mean, like, uh, even off, my, off, like, one hand, we can say that, you know, um, Disney potentially could have some new shows out of doing all of this so like it's good for them in their long-term future to compete on the uh, on the animated front that uh, they kind of do something like this i'm just quite surprised that uh, i don't know if something's going on behind the scenes or like you know with their current animators like i don't know if they're going to be saying themselves you know good night god bless and they're going to leave and do off go off and do something else and go to another company I mean, or remember, whatever remember but, remember we talked last week about that there's new management in disney channel animation remember yeah, like, but uh, I'm really surprised. I mean, unless they have their own vision for Disney, which would be quite interesting to say. But uh, I mean, like, uh, I would just say to them, like, you know, well, hey, you know, we've got a good plethora of talent here. Like, you know, if you want to do original movies and uh, see what's underneath, then great. But uh, I mean, mm-hmm. let's not let's not waste Dana Terrace and let's not waste Alex Hirsch and let's not waste all these other people. You know, like, uh, yeah, let, let, yeah, let, exactly. If you're not gonna, if you don't want the uh, the current plethora of stuff that's on there, get them to create something new. You know, like if they know want to do that sci-fi show. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that, and that's not to say that you know everything is going to be original. I mean, I, I just read off Mickey Mouse Halloween and Mickey Mouse Christmas specials. I mean, you know, unless of course it's based off of like the show, then it's nothing original. So maybe it's a possibility that maybe like at least maybe one or two of these films that they're working on in terms of like maybe Disney Channel or Disney Plus, maybe. It is based off of these already existing shows. Could be, but uh, in like uh, anything original that they want to bring to the bring to the table, and uh, if it's going to be really entertaining and it's going to get a lot of people, you know, on board streaming and get some subscriptions, and then you know, go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. yeah. So uh, to say the least, I think we're excited. I think. Yeah, I'm. I'm genuinely curious to see what's going to be announced in the upcoming months. Cool. Uh, moving on, so um, Patricia, you want to pay tribute to uh, Christopher Ayers and uh, Jack Angel, who have sadly passed away. Okay, so yeah, Christopher Ayers. So uh, for those who don't know who Christopher Ayers is, he is a well, he was a very well-known uh, voice actor and ADR uh, script writer. You probably know him as the voice of Frieza in Dragon Ball Z Kai and Dragon Ball Super and uh, the newer Dragon Ball movies such as uh, Dragon Ball Z Resurrection F and Dragon Ball Super Broly. And uh, he was an amazing interpretation of Frieza. Like, Like when I was a kid and I watched Dragon Ball Z on like UPN and then when I was a teenager, it started airing on like um, Toonami. I I mean, I know that this is a very popular statement about like, oh, you know, the the old voice of Frieza was terrible. And it's like, yeah, I mean, not to say anything bad about Linda Young, but her interpretation of Frieza was just like 
not very menacing. I didn't really care for the character. And so it wasn't until I saw Dragon Ball Z Kai where his interpretation of Frieza was just absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, he was the highlight in Resurrection F. And um, he also was uh, known for doing uh, Kei Kurono in Gantz. He was Prince Soma in Black Butler. He was Shingen Takeda in the Sengoku Bazara series. And, uh, you know, he's done a lot of other uh, various roles. Uh, unfortunately, around 2017, he was diagnosed with COPD, which is chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. And he needed a double lung transplant. And he had put up a Kickstarter uh, or was it an Indiegogo page? I don't remember what it was one of those things where, you know, he was asking people to help him out because, you know, he wasn't able to work because he was very sick. And so unfortunately, as of a few days ago, his girlfriend, uh, Crystal Laporte had posted saying that he unfortunately passed away due to complications with COPD. And, you know, he was surrounded by his family and his friends and uh, he was able to pass away peacefully. So, yeah, it, it is an absolute devastating uh, announcement that this happened. So, yeah, um, rest in peace to Christopher Ayers and, um, you know, major condolences to his uh, friends and his family and his colleagues. Yeah, my major condolences as well. Okay, now the next person I want to talk about is Jack Angel. So Jack Angel, he was huge in terms of doing voiceover work around the 70s and 80s. Uh, you probably uh, know him for being, um, let's see, he was, uh, um, you know, King Zarkon in Voltron, Fleet of Doom. He was Ramjet in Astro Train and Transformers. Uh, he had done uh, various roles over the years in, in movies and TV shows. So uh, unfortunately, you know, he passed away as well. I think he was going through, from what I understand, uh, he was going through cancer and he had just passed away at the age of 90. So he passed away a few days before he would have celebrated his 91st birthday. So uh, I, I think he was sick for quite a while, but um, yeah, just hearing about the passing, it was absolutely very devastating. And uh, once again, um, you know, major condolences to his friends, family, and his colleagues. And by the way, he uh, worked all the way up to pretty much his death at this point because uh, he still got uh, the, uh, the untitled car project uh that's uh, currently you're going to be going for disney so he's going to be in that too so mm -hmm. yeah and uh, yeah. his uh, last appearance uh, was uh care bears unlock the magic i mean uh, take that for what you will and uh, yeah but also he was in uh, world of warcraft uh, battle for azeroth as well in the video game so mm -hmm. uh, yeah there he, you go he kept going all the way to the end so um yeah credit to him absolutely credit to him yeah um, we're going to talk about another death now, and uh, it's, uh, by the way, we uh, started off with this being Alec Baldwin, but uh, I think maybe we should probably pay tribute to uh, the uh, the sad passing of uh, Hala Hutchins, who uh, was uh, has, has tragically lost her life in an accident uh, on a movie studio set in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So the background yeah. is is that uh, they were shooting a Alec Baldwin movie called Rust, uh, it's about a 13-year-old boy who has to fend for himself in uh, the uh, 1800s. Um, they were filming this, and, uh, I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and by the way, all of this right now is just reports that are coming out. We don't, as of this podcast, we don't know, like, the full picture of exactly what happened, but this is the news that we've been given. Um, there was some sort of dispute that was going on on the movie set. The people walked off because they were worried about safety conditions. Uh, some discussion was probably had. We're not too sure what happened, but everyone did walk back on again and did continue on with the set. 
Um, one person basically loaded the gun that uh, they said was a what they called a cold weapon or a prop gun. So it yeah, basically didn't. Yeah, it didn't basically have a live rounds in it. And uh, usually, what happens is is that the um, the munition that basically gets released from the gun is basically removed from the casing. So basically, what you get is a, a, a case that would basically fire but would not fire a projectile. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, now, this is what I've been told. Apparently, the adjustments weren't made, and so basically the gun had live ammunition inside the inside the weapon uh, that was given to him. So Alec Baldwin was not aware of this, from what, no. from what, we, what we understand. So Alec Baldwin went to shoot the set, he fired the gun, and unfortunately he has sadly killed uh, Hala Hutchins uh, by accident, and unfortunately injured another person. And yeah. So, by the way, I want to pay tribute. I want before we be, you know we get into the whole you know situation. I do want to pay tribute to her a little bit. She was the uh, the she had a, a, a lot of uh, director of photography roles in various shorts that came in, and uh, I think she's going to be once again another one of those um, uh, you know wonderful people who we will basically talk about what ifs for a while. Like you know we've gone through you know this is something that we've been through on this podcast and also in the animation industry too many times of people you know who have sadly lost their lives either by accident or have like become ill and then gone on and we've basically just been saying you know what if like you know for Jim Henson for example you know what if he didn't get sick at that time what would he be doing today and things yeah. like that and we, we go into that and sadly here's another you know group of fans of hers who will now once again be saying that same thing like you know what if this never happened and what would she have gone on to do exactly and, uh, yeah, yeah so. and uh, you know ver- even with christopher Ayers, you know going back into it he was only 56 when he died and which is a-, a tragedy by the way you know he was taken away way too soon and you know he wasn't able to work as much because of his illness and you know chadwick boseman is another example you know he you know at the prime of his career with you know black black panther and with playing as jackie robinson and you know various other roles it's like he was taken away way too soon because he was going through cancer oh, yeah that, that was that was devastating for the marvel community like you know he was black panther yes yeah and so i mean here here we are again once again with another you know sad tragedy and uh, so um that's as far as we know and by the way our our condolences to her friends her family and her fans like absolutely she was beloved by uh, very many people but uh you know i'm really saddened that and by the way i don't think there was any malicious intent I think uh, that was going on. I think uh, you know, in regards to like you know, the, this isn't like some murder she wrote episode or anything like that. Oh jeez, uh, no. Like, you know, it's not, it's not gonna be something like that. I, I think this, uh, from what I've read into this, this looks like it's been a tragic accident. It looks like this was, uh, you know, this this gun was loaded with the wrong ammunition, from what we can gather. And then you know, yeah. obviously we've uh, we've got the situation that we have now. So uh, yeah, it's very very sad. Ali Baldwin must be devastated. Oh, absolutely. Year. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people, you know, saying that, you know. Um, and you know what, what's going to happen now you know what's going to happen with alec baldwin because you know i mean you know accident you know which which it was by the way you know people are going to say now he's going to go through a lot of consequences yeah i mean like uh, this changes people you know like uh, this uh i mean what's happened here is uh very you know uh alec baldwin may you know be seeing in his sleep for a very long time i mean like it's going to be something that's going to uh you know be, be very horrendous on his mental health and very horrendous you know just for his uh, career going forward he might stop doing oh, action. Yeah. he might stop doing action movies because of this 
I, no. I don't know. I mean, that, that's another possibility. I mean, maybe there'll be some people, you know, who won't even hire him because, you know, they think that, you know, oh, you that's know, uh, stupid. This... Yeah. No, they, they... I know it's stupid, but unfortunately, sometimes it does happen. Yeah. But like, you know, is Alec Baldwin at the end of the day? Like, you know, he's he's still a name regardless of like uh, whatever you may thought of what happened on that set. And I uh, you know whatever what happened on there, I guarantee you was was pro- I think is probably not his fault, at least in my opinion. Like no, a, I mean, so far it, it it has not been shown that this was malicious intent. Exactly, like he didn't mean to. He didn't mean to kill anybody. Like you know, he was, no. he was he was playing a role on a movie set. Like you know, like uh, you get cited for that role, you go out and do it, and then you know that's uh, that's the movie shot done, and then you uh, you know you you go in your trailer, and then you kind of let like, you settle down. You know, like yeah. uh, it's. Um, the you know, I think the idea that he was uh, he he you know, he went out there like you know to basically you know live his character and like just be as reckless as he possibly could. I I, I don't think uh, would ever be an Alec Baldwin's you know uh, you know in his thought anyway. Like uh, and by the way, like uh, you know you hear all these people like you know uh, you know you know sending like you know hateful tweets and things like that. Like keep this in mind, he was Donald Trump at one point, so like uh, he was uh, of course he's going to get that hate of like you know from the pro-Trump crowd. But uh, as far as we're concerned, like. Uh, um, he, did, uh, I mean, I. This is just my opinion. Like, uh, we're probably going to hear something different, maybe, you know, later down the line. But I can't see how he was responsible. He was given a gun. He was told it was a prop. He fired it, and uh, he thought nothing was going to come out the other side. And I guarantee you, like, you know, probably hundreds, if probably not thousands of actors have probably been, hired, been given prop guns and told that they, you know, they, there's no live ammunition inside of them. You know? Yeah, and, and the sad thing is, is that this isn't the first time this has happened. You remember the crow? Oh, I remember you know, that, the crow. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, Brandon Lee uh, went through a similar fate in which, you know, he was shot by with a prop, you know, by a prop gun, and he was killed on the spot. So, unfortunately, this isn't the first time this has happened, and I'm unfortunately this isn't going to be the last, unless of course they really, really take it. To I, I, I guarantee you that this, this is the, the fact that Alec Baldwin was handed a live we- weapon, and uh, then this, I guarantee you that there, there's going to be like industrial, there's going to be change on an industrial scale. I think. I hope if, so. If, if there isn't, then quite frankly, they they are. It is ridiculous. There needs to be massive change after this. Like uh, there is, you know, it might even be the fact that like they may even start saying, "Oh well, we're going to um, give basically just give them like cap guns." You know, like they'll just make noises, but they won't fire anything. And like, and or, if we, or, or and, and if, we, and if we need to make them look like they fire live ammunition, then we'll just do it in post and do it in CGI. That's you know? what I was going to say. Yeah, they, they, they'll probably like make like these fake prop guns and then they'll just CGI it so that nobody gets injured. Yeah, they're, they're probably going to get to the point where they say, like, you know what, we're not even going to use like, you know, where, you know, uh, blank rounds in them no more. We're just going to basically just say, okay, the guns fire, they make these noises, and then after that, we'll just edit it all in post. Like, don't tell me the technology is not there. It is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes, like, it is there. It is there. Like you know, we're we're in, we're in the uh, in the realm of AI right now. You know, like uh, I won't be so surprised. Like in somewhere down the line, like we won't even need actors anymore. Basically, we'll just we'll just make them out of Universal Man from Pixar and just you know may have them act the movies. <laughs> You know? I think I think we I think that was one of the segments we talked about in Aaron and Patricia like of, like well, almost two years ago. Yeah, I think yeah, that, like yeah, the like, whole yeah. you know th- there was the discussion is about like the AI actors and Tom Hanks was really no, concerned like, about no, it. Not not only that, like yeah, I think yeah, I remember that actually. Yeah, like it not even might even be that. Like uh, you know they might just like just feed um, you know movies into uh, ideas into a computer and the computer will basically just generate it all. <laughs> you know, like, I remember. You know what? Now that you're 
I'm sorry. Now that you just said that, I remember the Batman script that somebody did where they made a computer watch like everything Batman related and they made it write a script. And it was like the funniest, most well, you, you, wrong you, script I've ever heard. You got to start, seen you, you gotta start somewhere, babe. You know, like, uh, it's like you know, that, that was a starting point, let's just say. Not a great starting point, but you know, like... Uh, Oh, I'm I'm really bad at selling this. I just have to say, but uh, you know, I think um, you know, eventually the technology will get better, and I think eventually they will build a computer that will make a really awesome Batman movie, or at least a script anyway. So uh, we'll see. I don't, we'll I see. don't know, but I, I mean. In the meanwhile, I, I, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely get into this when we talk about the IATSE strike settling down, but they, they really need to start working on proper safety preca- uh, protocols and procedures. Exactly. Like, I mean, they, this can't happen again. Like, uh, mm-hmm. this, this, this will, I, I think the, the amount of outcry, I think, that has come out of this, and I think the amount of media attention that it's also got as well, and the fact that a lot of people are talking about it right now, I guarantee you there's going to be change, I think. Okay, then. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, let's just, let's talk about the Netflix walkout. I think start off with before we get into the strike. Um, so, um, Dave Chappelle has a special on Netflix and, uh, he made a particular comment in regards to, uh, you know, trans- transgenderism and uh, his stance on it. And, uh, basically, um, according to some people who have watched the special, by the way, I don't have a Netflix account right now, so I have not watched the special, but I haven't I mean, watched it either. from what I understand from some people, some people are saying that this is probably like his second to worst performance. Uh, really but from what i've heard from other people who have watched it i've not seen it i've only seen a couple of clips myself but okay. uh, yeah so like uh, he basically said okay well you know jk rowling has a particular view on women and so he basically aligned himself with her and obviously you can probably imagine that's gonna have a lot of fallout when you do that and so obviously we get the netflix walkout and um, but the thing that i mean two things came out of that walkout i mean first of all there was uh, the guy who came up with the sign saying i like dave and obviously he got his um, he basically got uh, accosted by the uh, by the people who walked out and obviously he was just shoved mm-hmm. to one side and then the second thing was the list of demands that was made by the uh, people who walked out so they're effectively asking that uh, netflix you know put in like trigger warnings on like uh, you know content that might to be considered like you know um, anti-trans and uh, they're also making various other demands about uh, you know representation in the workplace and uh, also that uh, when uh, before things get green lighted that has to go for like you know a checkbox exercise of like you know making sure that you know transgender people aren't going to be like you know uh, uh, you know abused in any particular way or anything like that so you can probably imagine there was uh, a lot of demands which I think with some of them, I would say I somewhat sympathize, but then at the same time, like, uh, we were talking before about, you know, the checkbox exercise and looking at the stats and the charts and, like, you know, the uh, the algorithms and things like that, and so, you know, coming up with, like, shows that are, like, just not going to offend anybody or, like, not going to just be completely right with the audience, and we said that was a bad idea to begin with, so I feel a bit hypocritical turning around and saying, well, you know, you've got to go through all these exercises before we get to the point you know, where something can get green-lighted. I mean, I would just say, like, put something out there and it's going to get the attention that it's going to get. And uh, so I'm not here calling for James Chappelle to be, like, banned off Netflix and, like, you know, be launched into space and, you know, we'll never see him again, you know, in regards to that, just because he did a bad stand-up routine. You know, like, uh, I think, um, yes, there should be some sympathy, I think, uh, you know, and also some uh, some understanding of the, uh, you know, trans- uh, transgender people, I think, and also they should be made more 
more inclusive in media and things like that and give them representation. I'm not saying that shouldn't be a thing that should that shouldn't happen either. But at the same time, I think a fine line needs to be drawn by like you know let's never have any you know uh, uh, you know offensive content out there ever again. To compare to like, oh hey, let's make everything so you know boring and milk toast that you know no one's ever going to want to subscribe ever again. Like you know, it's, it's either either one is counterproductive, in my opinion. Sure, but that's just me. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think when it comes to comedy, you know, I know that there are people out there that talk about very controversial stuff. And they bring up, um, you know, discussions of like politics or, you know, certain people and stuff like that. And they bring like that particular commentary on it. I get it. And, you know, it's it's subjective. Co- comedy is very subjective. You know, you either find one comedian funny or you don't. And I think that if, you know, you go too far into it, then, yeah, people are going to be really offended with it. I just like just going back on James Chappelle, like I don't understand why he basically, you know, decided to bring this all up. To be honest with you, like it's just it's. Uh, I mean, I get he's pretty old school in like uh, in the way that he thinks, and uh, not to say that uh, you know. Um, because my view is is that you know I really don't care who people kind of like you know identify as really like if they want to if uh, if uh, somebody wants to you know change gender and uh, wants to be known by certain pronouns i'm not going to be a dick about it and say no i'm not going to acknowledge you like that of course i'm going to acknowledge you however you want to be acknowledged you know i'm i'm sure. I'm, a, I'm a nice guy but uh, i just think that uh, i don't know like i just felt like the jk rowling thing was just giving, be, be slowly being put to bed and then all of a sudden this is all just kind of like brought it all back up again why you know, like, uh, it, it's really, you know, it's really tarnished Harry Potter's legacy at this point, I think, you yeah. know, in regards to the way that it's been. Like, don't get me wrong, like, there's still still Harry Potter stuff out there, but, you know, it's just, it's uh, it's so sad that, you know, you have Harry Potter fans constantly having to defend, you know, which was, I believe, is the indefensible of J.K. Rowling, you know, going out there and saying, you know, uh, oh, you know, these, uh, th- these people who, you know, uh, someone who's changed gender is uh, not, shouldn't be identified as a female, you know, like, I don't understand that. You know, it's, uh... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, all I know is, is that, you know, some people were really offended with this whole um, statement. And again, I have not seen it, so I don't know what the context is. But yeah, the fact that a lot of people who worked on Netflix had walked out because of it, it's like, oof. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, mind you, I don't know if it's going to be, uh, um, I don't know what, basically what the... Uh, uh, massive, uh, you know, conclusion of this is going to be, but uh, I'm sure we'll find out soon enough. So, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I tell you what, I'm actually trying to find. By the way, Dave Chappelle, I'm sure himself will probably, you know, uh, say that uh, he's not offensive in any way, or like, well, I don't know, like, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure that he didn't mean to, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, any offense by what he what he said. He basically was doing a stand up routine, but uh, sure. I think uh, I'm trying to find if uh, has Dave Chappelle actually commented on like uh, the um, the stuff that he. Basically, the, the I mean, I think that special. I think that some people have. I think uh, there was one person who um, was kind of disappointed with Dave Chappelle, saying they were a huge fan of the show and their other stand-up. But when they saw this, they were like really disappointed with it. Well, I think if, even if, like what it was certain clips that I watched, like they panned through the crowd when he was doing like the whole like you know uh, thing with J.K. Rowling, and uh, there was like some people who were laughing and clapping, and there were some people in the audience who were just kind of st- sitting there stone-faced, like they couldn't believe what they just heard. Wow. Like yeah, so like yeah, again, not 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 his greatest, not his greatest, uh, you know, uh, I think so. Um, tell you what, actually, I'm just gonna go on the um, I'll tell you exactly what he said. I think probably just give some more context to this. So, uh, 
Uh, he says, "I'm t-, basically." He said, uh, d- 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 "I'm trying to look for the exact quote." Uh, so yeah, go ahead. Basically, he said, um, "In the closer, which the premiere is on Tuesday on Netflix, uh, Chappelle declared himself a uh, trans exclusionary exclusionary radical feminist, or as they call it, a turf." Uh, alongside Rowling, um, they said uh, they cancelled J.K. Rowling. My God, uh, effect, effect, By the way, J.K. Rowling has not been cancelled. Like you know, it's just like uh, this is the whole thing. You remember the whole thing with John Stewart? Don't know if you saw yeah. that with from the New Yorker when he said, "Look, there's you know this whole cancel culture thing. You, you know the right never shut up about it." And so like uh, what's happening is is that so the um, the floor of opinions has been democratized online and has been democratized through, you know, the expansion of media. So mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, you say something and uh, then a lot of other people now are having their say about what you just said. And so, you know, it's uh, it, it just seems to be, and I agree with John Stewart on this, it just seems to be that people just want to talk about things and not have face any repercussions for them. Right. Basically, so that just seems to be by the way. I guess. So he uh, said um, they cancelled J.K. Rowling. My God, effectively, effectively, she said gender was fact. the The trans community got mad as shit. And they started calling her a turf. I'm, and he says I'm Team Turf. Uh, the comedian said in the special, which was uh, the most uh, watched pieces of content on the streaming site. According to that, mm. so you know, like. Uh, uh, so, again, like, uh, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna get into an argument with James Chappelle. Like, you know, if he wants to have that view, then he's most welcome to it. But as I guarantee you, like, I'm sure there's a lot of people in the trans community who are gonna have a massive say about that. <laughs> you know, and they did. They walked out. <laughs> yeah, know? they did. Yeah. So, uh... <sighs> well, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, again, you know, I need to watch it so, so I can be understanding of the full context, but... Yeah, I just can't believe that that actually happened. My my uh, my disappointment would take it out of this. That is that. So probably that's uh, like his second to worst, like uh, you know, appearance, like in on on stage, from what I understand. Uh, so like, jeez, uh, you know, apparently I've been looking at some reviews. Apparently they're not being kind to Joe Chappelle by any stretch oh, of the imagination. Man. So like, uh, yeah, where he goes from here, I have no idea. So, All right. Okay. Right. Sure. Um. Let's talk about the. So the I. Let's talk about this strike. Uh. The, yeah. Uh, I-A-T-S-E, you know, it's like it's uh, not a not a name that goes off the tongue. But I know, uh, I know. It, it stands for International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. Yeah, so, so yeah, that's, that's what, what it stands called, for. Uh, I-A-T-S-E. So they were going to go on, they were threatening to strike, and but now they've yes. apparently been averted. So uh, what, were the, what were the conditions that were met to avert the strike? I, all right, so I have the deadline article up right now, so let me just uh, see if I can find it. Uh, let's see. Um, according to sources, Saturday morning was spent largely communicating with the individual locals on points specific to them. One of the biggest was raising minimum wage for local 871 members. They include writers, assistants, and various coordinators from $16 an hour to $23.50 next year, $24.50 in 2023, and $26 an hour in 2024. Other sources argue that the tentative agreement was not reached until midday Saturday. In the end, a contract was approved by all 13 West Coast locals and announcements was made in early afternoon, more than a month after the previous IATSE deal had expired on September 10th. Um, let's see uh, if there's anything else. Uh, contrary to popular belief, talks did not go down to the wire because the companies underestimated IATSE's willingness to follow through on the threat to strike because the union had never done so in the past. Instead, it was the unusual course of negotiations that led to the drama, sources say. 
Uh, in every union negotiation, the other party does not ask on the first day what is asked on the final day. The two sides traditionally trade things until they reach a compromise. Um, let's see. Uh, observers believe that the stance in at least part was due to the hardship brought by the pandemic over the past 18 months, with the IATSE members among the hardest, as many are hourly employees with little financial protections who struggled when production shut down for months. The pandemic also made re-examine their work balance, making grueling long shifts with very little turnout no longer acceptable. That change in perspective helped turn sufficient rest time into main cause members rallied around. Uh, so yeah, basically like really long work days. With, with small exceptions, the new basic agreement now guarantees 54 hours of rest with those who are working five consecutive days and 32 hours of rest when you work for six days, which was a, you know less by the way so yeah long hours of working with very little time to rest um not a lot of money made and very little benefits that's what they were fighting against to be honest with you i sympathize with anybody who wants a, a wage rise right now because uh, uh wages are not keeping up with inflation they're just not Mm-mm. and so no. like uh, right now a lot of people you know here in the uk and i think here also across the united states are uh, pretty much getting a pay cut at this point like uh, they're not getting they're not their wages are not rising anymore they are they are stagnating and they are even going down and the pandemic has only just made this worse and so you know um i don't blame anybody for you know getting a union together and saying hey we want better paying conditions because like uh, it's just going to be a situation where you know it ends up becoming unsustainable and uh, you know you can't you can't feed your family on chicken feed at the end of the day like you know it's just it's uh you know you you're going to end up either falling out of the industry or you're going to end up you know going off and doing something else and so um, I think, uh, and also a lot of people are very passionate about their work and don't want to go elsewhere. But, you know, I think, uh, so I think, you know, the um, the studios in regards to this, I think they probably did the right thing, you know, in, mm-hmm. uh, in regards to, uh, you know, agreeing to these conditions. And also not only that, like, you know, it's going to be also reviewed on a, on a regular basis. So it's going to keep going up. So, which is yes. great. So, um, yeah, but I think um, a lot of companies need to have a look at what's going on right now and to say to themselves, you know, can we afford to uh, keep, you know, employees on the wages that we have now? Because, I mean, how do we know that they're not going to become as productive as they are if, uh, you know, prices still keep going high and, you know, they can't afford to pay the bills? You know, like, uh, you might not have those employees anymore. You might end up having to, uh, you know, uh, fork out for something else, you know? And so uh, what what are you going to do then? You know, so I think... Mm -hmm. um, this isn't something that's just affecting, you know, the, uh, you know, Hollywood right now or like, you know, wherever they happen to might, might to be. This is affecting everybody across the world. And so it's, mm-hmm. uh, and if you, and if uh, they aren't going to get what they need to, uh, you know, just to keep, you know, a sustainable, you know, lifestyle, then, uh, you know, you might as well forget it. Like, uh, they're not going to be your employees anymore or they're going to go off and do, uh, do something else, you know, or they're not going right. to turn up to work at all, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially since, you know, I, I go to school and I know a lot of film and television majors who want to go into the industry. I mean, the, the fact that, um, you know, they have, you know, this to go on in the future in terms of like long work hours and very little pay and very little, um, you know, benefits such as like health care or, you know, safety protocols, like what we just saw with, you know, just a few, what we talked about a few moments ago. I mean, this stuff is serious. So yeah. the fact that they decided to go on strike because they want to be treated more properly, it's like, yeah, they have every right to. Yeah. Oh, you know, treated like a human being, you know, what an original concept. You know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, a disaster averted then, at least for now. 
So yeah, for now at least. Okay, so um, uh, David Jaff, uh, uh, who criticised the uh, Metroid Dread for saying that it has uh, poor design. Uh, do you want to elaborate on this, Patricia? Because uh, you know, as far as I'm aware, it's getting getting good reviews. Okay, so for those who don't know, David Jaffe, he uh, worked uh, as a director on God of War and Twisted Metal, and he was doing a live stream of Metroid Dread, and he was stuck on a puzzle. He was stuck on a puzzle for a very long time, and then, you know, he finally was able to solve the puzzle, and then uh, during that discussion, he was saying that Metroid Dread, and I quote what he said, the game has a shit design system and he refers to the, and you know, people are referring to it as a sacred cow. And then, you know, he stated on, I think he posted this on Twitter saying that um, if this design is acceptable for you, then you are a fucking moron. And then he talked about like the developers of Kenna Bridge of Spirits and Returnal are making games too difficult. And he doesn't like the, the movement saying Kenna Metroid Returnal are leading the march towards super challenging games. Maybe it's NES generation coming to their own as designers, but I fucking hate this shit. And it's not an age thing. I never liked it, but it wasn't so rampant. It's like devs want to push players away. And so yeah, this is basically him struggling to find a broken uh, platform that he had been like walking around over the past 10 minutes trying to like shoot from it, even though it clearly says in the beginning of the game when you play as Samus that if you are stuck at a particular spot, then you can be able to shoot at the blocks because they are destructible and they are ways to search around for the environment. And, and you know, somebody even pointed this out on Twitter. Uh, somebody named Lord Duplay says... Um, to emphasize my point, here are the, here's the screenshot. Some destructible blocks are hidden. Try shooting your surroundings. First minutes of gameplay, not including the intro, and immediately after the missile block tutorial, it spells it out for you plain as day. And he even put, it a, put out a picture as proof. So, yeah. So, David Jaffe hates the design of Metroid Dread, saying it's too difficult. And so, there's people out there saying, you don't know what you're talking about. It's very easy. And then there's some people who agree with it. So... I mean, yeah. What do you think of this, Aaron? Um, games uh, have a challenge. <laughs> At the end of the day, like uh, it's just it's. Uh, I was looking through some of the uh, the comments here, and uh, like uh, he says, uh, um, "Okay, Dave, I've redesigned the screen of the game to be more of your liking, a lot more player friendly, and to get rid of those nasty unclear stuff. Let me know what you think." And basically, they're just uh, drawing. I've <laughs> done like a really cheap drawing of like Metroid Joe with like a big red. <laughs> Red rectangle underneath. Oh him. no! Oh, good grief! Like, uh, mind you, there were some people who were questioning how long David uh, Jaffe was stuck in that room for. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I think he said that he was like stuck there for at least a good. Uh, let's see. Um, he said he was good there, stuck there for ten minutes on Twitter. He said spent hours trying to shoot enemies above slash below because, of course, you can do that. Because why would enemies be there if games didn't want you to guide your eye to attack there to explode blocks? But for these, some magic reason, they don't break. Wish I was hard, hard enough to understand why. As for why I harp on this is because I value honest discourse and discussion. And while I 100% am not good at most video games, I do understand game design. And so when I have gamers not applying logic, but nostalgia slash emotion to dis design discussions, that's hard to not push back on. One person says, "Granted, here a a literal child, poorly you, who's one of the who's like a child streamer, as uh, uh, said, he was able to complete Met Super Metroid, and uh, Dave, well, meanwhile, David Jaffe can't even shoot up." <laughs> oh no! <laughs> he's get he's getting roasted in some of these comments. I have to say, I'm just looking through Twitter right now, like. Uh, 
Uh, one person says, this game is easy, literally for to toddlers. Uh, F David Jaffe. Okay. So, uh... I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, there's some people who are saying the same thing. Um, you know, uh, you know, one person says, actually, it's super great game design. They don't tell you what you can do. They show you the first breakable blocks are very obvious. So after, you know, you can break the blocks. Aha. And um, let's see. Um, uh, there's some other ones who pretty much say similar things but yeah, yeah basically well, 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 they're also, just saying yeah a lot of these comments at least i'm looking here are pretty negative one person saying you're crying that dread is hard because you couldn't figure out a puzzle that's on you like uh, yeah so uh, unfortunately i mean to be fair here here's the thing to be fair i do understand that some people who are definitely not familiar with metroidvania games that they would find it really really difficult that you know you need to be able to like break certain puzzles and you need be, you need to be able to like grab a power up that's not available until much later to go over to a certain room i get it you know maybe it's Maybe it's not to your calling. Maybe you're more into linear games or maybe you're into more um, other games that are mission-based because, um, you know, with, with Metroid games, you need to be able to explore in order for you to know what to do as opposed to, like, um, you know, going over to, like, one specific place and saying, like, oh, you go here, you go here. Even though I think in Metroid Dread you do because Adam tells you, like, what you need to do and where you need to go. So there, it, it is sprinkled here and there, just like in Fusion. But for the most part, in a lot of these Metroidvania games, you do explore in a vast world and you have the environment to uh, show you what you need to do and where you need to go. So really we're calling it Metroidvania because it was kind of like Metroid to begin with. Pretty much. Well, I, the reason why they call it Metroidvania was because when Castlevania Symphony of the Night came out, it pretty much popularized that particular uh, format of gameplay. So they call it Metroidvania for that particular reason, because you have Metroid and then you have the Castlevania game, starting off with like Symphony of the Night and then it going over into like Aria of Sorrow, Dawn of Sorrow, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, that's why they call it that for a reason, because even though that the Metroid series was the one that kind of like started that. Castlevania Symphony and I made it more mainstream for a, a bigger audience. Yeah. By the way, I just want to uh, note out, and, uh, I don't expect anyone to know about Preston or them, but uh, the women's team won 7 0 today. So, oh, like, yeah. Okay. So, like, uh, yeah, the women can, can do what the men can't, apparently. So, wow. Uh, yeah. Well, good, good, good for them. Congratulations. Yeah. Maybe we should, uh, whoever's managing them right now, I think we probably have them as the manager, maybe. So. Right, uh, moving on. Um, three, four, three sh shows uh, features for Halo Infinite. Uh, so um, I believe I brought this up, but uh, no. Yes, I'm, you did. I'm, 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 I'm having brain fog here because uh, I can't remember exactly what it was that uh, they were uh, they were uh, bringing up. Oh yeah, I remember now. So um, Halo Infinite is going to get ray tracing, and uh, thanks to Microsoft, also uh, an AMD partnership, so they're going to be getting that. And uh, also, um, they're going to be uh, showing off some uh, various other um, things that are going to be in the uh, the PC version. That's it. Okay. Going to be there. So um, I'm just uh, do apologize, everybody. I'm just uh, learning. You know, I had a, I had read this before, and now I've just uh, you know it's just uh, blanks on me. So um, just to name a few of the features announced. There will be a minimum FPS value, which uh, will the game will be uh, scaled down to to meet uh, extensive ultra wide support. Uh, triple key mm -hmm. bindings, uh, low latency between uh, mouse clicks and uh, action, uh, performance to scalability from the lowest end to the highest end uh, PCs, and uh, cross-save between console and PC. So uh, I, I was expecting this anyway, because Gears of War at the minute is uh, cross-platform for PC and Xbox as well. 
So, um, given Halo Infinite will be available on multiple storefronts, 343 is stressed out to work hard on to ensure interoperability between Steam, Xbox Game Pass, and Microsoft Store players. So, even if you buy it on Steam, you should still be able to play like all the other players on uh, Game Pass and also on the Microsoft Store as well, and also Xbox too. So. Okay, well, sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So, and also, uh, AMD has recently announced there's going to be a Halo Infinite uh, Radeon RX uh, 6900 uh, graphics card as well. So, like, oh, wow. Uh, I mean, like, um, it looks pretty, but uh, to be honest with you, I, I don't like this design of, like, you know, oh, hey, here's this clear case, and you can see all, like, all the, you know, the bits and bobs inside of it, you know? It's kind of like, it's like, you know, it's, um, the reason they did that to begin with was because, uh, you know, they made it for the, they made, like, uh, you know, the Game Boy Color that has, like, you know, the, uh, the clear, um, things in it, like and you can see, like all the uh, electronics inside it and things like that, like all the clear ones version. The reason sure. they have that design is because they were built for the prison system in the United States. You know, like so. The reason why you can see through them is because it's to stop you from like carrying contraband and like you know other like weapons and things like that inside your you know, your electronic devices. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's where the design came from. So it's like, right. you know, it's like, uh, yeah, I don't particularly like you know things like that. You know, it just reminds me of that. But, uh, you know, like, but, you know, hey, it looks pretty cool for a graphics card, but it's going to be living inside your machine. And so unless you've got, like, you know, the same design motherboard and hard drive and stuff like that, I don't see how unique it's really going to, it's going to stick out, really, in my opinion. But, uh, okay, that's just me. So. All right, then. Cool. Well, we got through that pretty quickly. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, babe, I, I'm sorry, but I don't know the Halo games outside of like playing in multiplayer when I was in yeah, college. I'm, when I'm we had je- video game tournaments. I'm jealous of you, babe. You can you can talk for you know uh, you know a wonderful amount of time, whereas I just um I'm too I'm too to the point. <laughs> Sometimes I feel. <laughs> I mean that, that you know that's uh, I guess that's what balances us out. You know, yeah. you know I talk too much, and you know you no, you, don't you talk, you too talk much just. At all. Well, I mean, if I know something, I would talk. I can talk about it for hours and hours and hours and hours and uh, hours. And well, I, I can listen for hours and hours and hours. So, <laughs> thanks. I mean, that that makes me happy. Yeah. Gee, everyone's gonna think we're a couple of something. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of what? A couple a of couple what? Of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doing the geeky podcast in their living rooms. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on. So, uh, Linda Siminski, uh, head of the PBS uh, Kids uh, Content, uh, leaves for the network for to be the head of uh, animation for uh, Duolingo Studios. So, uh, this what? is an interesting one, by the way. Yeah, what's prompted with this? Okay, so I have the um, article up where you know she mentioned this uh, announcement. So, uh, for those who don't know, Linda Zeminski was a production manager for various uh, companies. Uh, she worked on animation for Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network. So, around the '90s, you know, she was responsible for being like an executive for um, you know various shows on Nickelodeon, uh, like Rocko's Modern Life, and you know a lot of the other Nicktoons. And then around, uh, I believe, around the late '90s, she left to go to Cartoon. To network uh, where she, um, you know, was the um, you know the producer, and she also helped with like development of shows such as like pretty much like the cartoon cartoons like Dexter's Lab, Samurai Jack, Courage of Cowardly Dog, Codename Kids Next Door, etc. Then around 2003, she left to be the head of animation for PBS, and she was the head of that for almost 20 years, and. As you know, from like, uh, if we remember, like a lot of the podcasts that we've done in terms of like, oh, you know, she helped with head of animation and, you know, she helped a lot with like helping with Craig Bartlett do a lot of his stuff, such as Dinosaur Train and Ready, Jet, Go. I mean, if we, um, you know, listen to the episodes that uh, Aaron here has talked about in terms of that. So, yeah, recently um, she had just announced that she is going to be, well, she already left on October 1st 
And she is going to be the head of animation and scripted content for Dolingo Studios. And uh, for those who don't know, Dolingo is a uh, publicly traded language learning company headquartered in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And um, it says right here, uh, Zeminski will report to Timothy Shea, Dolingo's VP Studios and Content, um, saying that he's trying to make Sesame Street for grownups. And um, it says right here, through her time, Linda has collaborated with renowned producers and developed award-winning hit shows that impacted the lives of millions of children. Her efforts to transform the PBS Kids lineup over the past few years has helped to position public media as the standard bearer for excellence in children's media. We're grateful that of all the work that she has done, and we wish her well as she begins her next chapter so i don't know exactly why she decided to leave um pbs and uh, and go over to duolingo but um yeah we, we wish you the best of luck by the way um duolingo studios is part of nexus studios and uh, they do a lot of good work i have to say so like uh, they did uh one of billy eilish's uh, uh music videos uh, they also did uh, the bbc tokyo olympics even though i think nintendo should have done it but that's just me uh mm-hmm. yeah, even though they did they actually i forgot that actually they were offered to do it but then they told that then they turned it down so uh, yeah but uh, that's just uh, again so also they don't stuff for cox communications they've also done stuff in mexico and so uh, yeah like uh, you uh, look at uh you look at Nexus Studios, so you know they've got some good stuff going on right now. So yeah, like, and um, also it is a it also helps for um, other things like it also can be used as a um, a learning app for um, digital language proficiency exams for people who want to be able to learn various languages and. Um, also, uh, from if you remember, like last year when the Dolingo um, logo, by the way, which their mascot is an owl, and then there was somebody who actually draw the Dolingo. Um, I don't know what the, the the mascot's called, so I apologize. But oh, well, well, they for, drew. Was that the one for like when the they put him with like the uh, Albert? For the Owl House. Yes, that's the one. They put him with Albert and Hooties. Like, hey, we and have then Dana do- says that it's canon. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, anyway, know, like but, it because uh, who does the? I mean, I'm trying to remember who does the language translations for uh, for the Owl House. Like, uh, is uh, Duolingo Studios involved with in that too? Like, I uh, don't, I don't know actually. I, I mean, I don't. I, mean, I know that they do like translations for like helping people to speak and like for schools, but do they do it for animated shows? Well, I don't like, know. Because I'm trying to remember because I remember like uh, they did like you know a lot of uh, studios now do like go for agencies to like you know do like you know the uh, do the the um, do like the different like voice actors and actresses for like. Do you remember like? You know they definitely didn't like uh, get Craig's you know view on uh, the you know, the Mexican the Spanish version of uh, the Tale of the Jungle movie and everyone doesn't like the new Helga uh, from uh... yeah I remember that so like uh, I think um, a lot of studios now are definitely going through like oh we'll just hand it over to you know some uh, some studio who like you know does like uh, these uh, has these voice actors and voice actresses and we'll get them just to do it. So I think, yeah. I mean, I, I think that Disney Channel does have different divisions for, you know, when they translate different languages. But as for like, if Duolingo's a part of it, I have no idea. No, I have no idea. But uh, like, I don't know. It, just, it seems to be kind of like an interesting thing for like Dana just to kind of comment on saying, yeah, this is kind of like, you know, Albert and like, you know, the Duolingo owl, like, you know, just like <laughs> best buds and things like that, you know, like. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they go to the bar and like, you know, they go in like, you know, drink, uh, you know, whatever. Owl, you know. blood. Yeah. I don't know, whatever owls yeah. do. Fry owls? I don't know, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they fly up in the air, they catch bulls, they hang out in trees and look at the, the moon. I yeah. don't know. They do things, sure. You know, it's funny, I didn't know what a vole was before an owl caught one. <laughs> 
You know, like, uh, <laughs> like, oh, that's a vol. Oh, hey, looks pretty dead. So, <laughs> jeez. Anyway, but yeah, um, I, best of luck to Linda Zeminski, and I hope that you know she does great things over at Dolingo. Yeah, you know, well, any friend of Cray Bottle is a friend of mine. So uh, same here. Yeah. Okay, um, some excitement for the Amphibia fans, but uh, maybe frustration for us. Like, the first five uh, episodes of Amphibia Season 3 will premiere on Disney Plus on October 3rd. And the reason I say frustration for me and Patricia is because we haven't seen all the episodes yet. I know, I know. It's like, oh, jeez. It's like, you know, finally we get to be able to, like, sit down and probably catch up with it. But then it's like, uh, you know, here it is. But, yeah. you know, good, good for the fans, you know, good for the fans that they can finally be able to not wait, like, for months upon months for it to come you know, out. Like, so. you know, we've been saying this in the past. They should be releasing on Disney Plus to begin with. You know, like yes, uh, you know, they, I'm pretty sure they shut down all the Disney channels across the world for a reason. You know, like uh, I mean, why are they making everyone else wait out and they keep saying, "Oh, hey, here's all the stuff on the Disney Channel, which is still got open in the United States for some odd reason." You know, like uh, I don't know, it's just because you know the United States division just needs the money for the advertising. I have no idea if they even have, you know, if they even have advertisements on the. Di- I, I don't watch the U.S. Disney Channel, so I don't know what's on there. But uh, in regards to um, the, um, in, in regards to like Amphibia, like again, it's another show that's uh, that's beloved by an adult audience, and uh, they should be putting it on, you know, you know, make it easy for them to access instead of having to like wait, like you know, on the on the Saturday mornings for like you know Disney channels to like, pop it up. You know, yeah, like, I mean, uh, and, 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 and I know, what, I know what some people are gonna say, but Aaron and Patricia, you can watch it on Disney now, like a, about a few days after it airs. It's like not everybody has Disney now. Yeah, if only if you have like a cable subscription to get one. You know, exactly, like, and we talked about how people are leaving cable subscriptions because they've gotten too expensive, and there are so many amazing things that are on streaming services that people don't see the reason on why they keep their cable providers. Exactly, like you know, the, the, for a lot of people, they don't see a reason to keep their cable provider. They're just going to go to Netflix, or they're just going to go to that. By the way, and uh, this is one way that Disney Plus is probably going to have like a downside if they decide, you know, not to if they keep doing this to fans. You know, like Netflix, you just turn around and say, "Oh, hey, you want the uh, the latest stuff now? We'll have it right." there you know like uh, we'll even have whole box sets for you and everything like that you know when we have the new shows come out everyone will just flock over there and go watch it you know like mm-hmm. uh, you know well, how will disney plus compete with that if like you know if uh, they decide oh hey you know like uh, we're sick and tired of waiting around for disney to uh, drag its feet and put stuff on on their on their streaming service right you know? So, yes, I'm I'm really, really happy that, you know, for the Amphibia fans who have been watching the show and have been wanting to, you know, see the the shows coming out on Disney Plus much sooner. I'm happy. But, you know, for Aaron and I, it's like, oh, you know, now we uh, we haven't even caught up with like episode it, one. It, it's yet, so, so now annoying seeing the clips and like people like, you know, pointing stuff out in like in the show and like uh, you just watch having I mean, to like, you know, just come across it and then realize, oh, well, you know, OK, guys, I'll probably get once so I've got through like the the hours upon hours of watching, you know, the. Uh, uh, the first season and the second season. I'm sure we'll figure out what all that means in season three. Yeah, you know, we 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 decided at that point that we had to watch it separately because we we I mean we couldn't sit down and like dedicate that much time to it. And but we did I, promise I even, that I don't even probably know what's going on with Marcy at the minute. Like, is she dead? Is she like is she like in, so, in the Matrix? Like, you know, like what the hell know. is going? What the hell was I that thing know. in the trailer? Like, you know, I I did watch the trailer by the way. You know, first you season did. Three. Yeah, I did. Like, well, it was there, so I thought, okay, let's just see what's going on. But you know, it's just it's uh, yeah, I, I get the idea that you know, uh, and. 
Moonjoy is back, and her, her her frog friends are like back in LA or wherever they were to begin with. Yeah, LA. So like that, yes. that, that's the whole concept of season three. And like you know, so we're, I, I was aware that we were going to get up to this. I mean, obviously, it was also spoiled in True Colors as well. So obviously, yeah. But sure. uh, I mean, like, uh, but in regards to everything else that's happened in the show, we don't know. You know, so. No, I mean, yeah, we we don't know. So uh, you know, we will eventually catch up to it. And we even said that as soon as, you know, Amphibia ends its run, which we know that season three is going to be its last, then we will talk about it in an episode of Casual Chats. Definitely. But in the meanwhile, um, happy for the fans who are finally going to get it on Disney Plus. But now we just need to, like, <laughs> you know, finally, you know, wait until, you know, all this stuff is caught up. Which, by the way, um, according to a report that I saw yesterday, um, November 27th is going to be the mid-season finale. So this is where their end point is going to be. And it's going to be a, what we, I think we'd mentioned this before. It's going to be a Christmas special. It's going to be a musical. And the music is going to be written by Rebecca Sugar, which all of that is just like win, 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 win. So... <laughs> Yeah, I need to catch up with the show just so I can be able to watch that. And remind everybody what Rebecca Sugar is responsible for? Steven Universe, the best yeah. music in Adventure Time. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone's excited for. Like the fact that we're going to basically get uh, an adventure, you know, an, uh, a uh, Steven Universe esque. Um, you know, episode of Amphibia, like you oh, know, like yes, uh, so good. <laughs> mind you, like I sometimes ask myself, like you know, would they do one for the Owl House? And uh, no, like, no, they will never do it for the Owl House uh, because Dana Terrace hates musicals. Exactly. Yeah. So I think uh, we're not going to get that anytime soon. But uh, like, we're never uh, going to get it. Yeah, but we're Amphibia, get we're definitely getting it. So yes, cool. and I am happy. I am really, really happy. Yeah. And finally, um, there is a preschool game that's come out, uh, which we you would think, we, why would we be talking about this? But mind you, we just talked about uh, Disney, you know, Disney Junior just before. Uh, so yes. um, it's going to be coming out on Nintendo Switch, Xbox Series X, and also PS4 as well. It is um, My Friend Peppa Pig. And uh, which, uh, now, to be fair though, Peppa Pig is dominating, you know, the um, you know the, the, the preschool, you know, at, you know, the attention of the preschoolers pretty much at this point. So the point where basically it's changing their accents in, uh, in America. America, you know, from watching yes, the show. I remember, because of I remember yeah. seeing a report about that where they were saying, like, you know, uh, what was it, like a four or five year old girl was watching Peppa Pig and now she speaks with a British accent. Yeah. And, like, you know, like all, all, all the Karens in the world are all afraid of, like, you know, the, uh, the, you know, the Mexicans coming over the border. No, it's us <laughs> British changing all your, all your, uh, your kids' uh, accents from American to British. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep, 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 keep drinking uh, your champagne, Karen. I'll you want your champagne pig. You know, the, the, the plan is working. You know, it's just, it's... Uh, our uh, forefathers didn't, you know, um, sacrifice their lives to give us independence. Your only forefathers for it to be were from Britain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. America's just a massive scam, a massive British scam. But oh uh, yeah, but uh, anyway, going back to going back to Peppa Pig and uh, away from you know the American Revolution. Um, <laughs> I, um, so the idea of my friend Peppa Pig is that uh, yeah, the funny enough though, the reason I find this hilarious is because I'm pretty sure maybe somebody put a look at South Park: The Stick of Truth and like you know the uh, all the other South Park games where you can build your own character and then have that in the South Park game. Yeah, I mean, you kind of like you're even known as like you know douchebag or dickhead or whatever. And like uh, I'm pretty sure I I think maybe they probably got the idea from that and they said well what if we did this a bit more innocent and did this with Peppa Pig instead you know and like uh, took out all the swearing and violence and all the fighting and stuff so and just had you know, yeah, and all the references to poop and goth and exactly all that kind yeah of stuff. exactly yeah so um so basically we got my friend Peppa Pig and uh, to be honest with you though like uh, it sounds like a pretty good idea for a game and uh, so uh, at least for you know for the the, uh, the demographic anyway so you yes. build your own character you go around with Peppa Pig you go have some fun like you mind you the the one thing I find interesting about this is it's 
that it does look like the show, which is not a difficult thing to to to, to do. No, it's but, not. But I mean, I know it's kind of like a you know, but imagine keep this in mind. Like uh, this isn't like you know uh, uh, Uncharted, like we were talking about before. Like you know, this isn't like you know uh, where yeah, it, it needs its own like, like storyline or anything like that. Like, be yeah, its own I, I don't expect game. I don't expect the characters or the voice actors of Peppa Big doing that like any motion capture, like having to wear suits so that they can be able to like. I don't know, color or plant a garden or whatever. That they It'd do be hilarious if they did like a making and that was the joke. Like, you know, <laughs> like they did like all the mocap for like, you know, just, uh, you know, like just falling down and laughing. Like, you know, that would, uh, that'd be hilarious if they did that. <laughs> but she's just trying to contain herself from laughing right now. She's just a powder keg ready to explode. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, like, here's the thing. I know that Peppa Pig is really popular in the UK and in the US. And I, you know, I made that joke saying, well, here's the thing that you guys have in America, uh, in the UK that we don't have in America is that you have a Peppa themed park. And I was like, I looked it up and it's like, wait, according to the Daily Mail, Peppa Pig is going to have a theme park open up in Florida in 2022. And I'm like, oh! Exactly, yeah. It's 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 a huge phenomenon that's currently going on right now. And uh, mind you, the, the, funny enough, like, it's this big now and yet no movie. Like, you know... I, I, what, 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 I mean, that's cr- crazy because freaking uh, Paw Patrol had a movie. They exactly. have a stage show. Like, where are you, Peppa Pig? Yeah, I, I, I think it's happening. Like, you know, I think, you know, now she's getting her own video game, I think, you know, I think it's only just, uh, you know, a, a, a matter of a moment of time until, you know, Peppa Pig gets her own movie. So, yeah. uh, I think... Um, by, by the way, you were looking up, like, previews of reviews, and I just couldn't help but just bust up laughing, or, like... This is a game for like three-year-olds and they're saying like it's a cinematic masterpiece and I was I just couldn't stop laughing for like two hours. Oh wait, hang on a second. I think apparently there was a movie actually made for Peppa Pig. It was called uh, Peppa Pig My uh, First Cinema Unit. Sorry, Peppa Pig My First Cinema Experience. Oh, well, we didn't get that here in the US. At least I don't think so. This is more like a tutorial than a movie. (laughs) Okay. Okay. uh, um, oh, 67% of the people. Oh, four, oh 4.1 on IMDb. <laughs> That's not good. Good grief. So, yeah, there was a movie and apparently it was terrible. <laughs> well, it's Peppa Pig. What did you expect? But, uh, I mean, what, 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 can, what kind of story, what kind of like deep, complex, you know, tales that you can tell on Peppa Pig? I mean, if you're going to make it fun, then sure, you know, I mean, go all I was for say, it. Babe, know, don't it- tempt fate. I really don't want to do a casual chat on this movie. Like, you know, that's. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Let's try. No. And, let's not tempt fate here. I don't think. Anyway, yeah, we, we were looking at the Steam reviews, I think, and uh, so um, a lot of them were positive enough. Even though they're hilarious, they were positive. I believe, yeah, very positive right now. So there's like, uh, so um, one person said, uh, "Huge open world adventure for you to explore. Several side missions. Uh, character design is <laughs> is unforgettable. Main story is breathtaking. Ending impacted <laughs> my view on the world forever." <laughs> <laughs> oh man um one person said oh not, rec- not recommended it's too hard <laughs> <laughs> apparently making friends with pepper pig is too difficult <laughs> despite the fact that she's like the nicest character that's ever like been brought on on television you know apparently it's too hard um so um what positive, <laughs> positive review here game of the year 2021 confirmed <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna get my Peppa Pig, uh, my friend Peppa Pig Game of the Year edition. 
Oh my god. I would actually laugh if they did that, actually. Peppa um, Pig has DLC. Peppa Pig has multiplayer. Yeah. Someone just posted a meme saying, Oh, you're winning, son. <laughs> Um, God. Okay, uh, one view of it. Price was a bit steep, but overall, good game for young ones. Uh, not such a good game for older people. No, you, you, mean, you don't duh. say. <laughs> uh, unskippable cutscenes made this a chore and eventually, to eventually finish. Uh, overall, would buy for kids who are into Peppa Pig. <laughs> oh my God. I want Cat Icarus to do a review of this game. <laughs> I want him so badly to do it. Yeah. Because, you know, he's the one that I see, like, you know, talks of Peppa Pig where he absolutely hates it. Now, to be fair, I've never seen it. I don't know the context of it. I mean, I, I saw, like, clips of it, like, on TV or on, like, online and stuff like that. But, um, you know, he, he him talking about, like, you know, oh, you know, they have bad morals. And, you know, he even talked about the DS game that came out of it. I think there was, like, even a magazine and a CD or something. So it's, like, really, really popular. So I want him to do a freaking let's play of this game. I will watch it. <laughs> Okay, uh, one of the review here. Uh, an absolutely phenomenal game. Peppa Pig's Friends is a complex uh, and intriguing character, but also the silent type. Regardless of what character you may create, a guaranteed rewarding pretty experience akin to Skyrim's uh, Dragon Board or Half-Life's Gordon Freeman. <laughs> oh my god. It's amazing. Oh. Uh. Beautiful. <laughs> You know what? I'm so tempted of you buying this game so you can play it with your niece. Uh, you know what? I think that's coming. I think <laughs> maybe. I, yes. I don't know. Um, let's have a look. Um, one person's just written bacon as like their review. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's categorous. Recommended. Oops, wrong game. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, I'm just having a look for other ones now. Um, why is God forsaken me? Okay. <laughs> I'm sure oh the other guy's having a problem. And, Jeez, uh, okay. Oh, there's a really bad review here, and it's pretty detailed as well. Ooh, okay. Okay. Okay, first off, I want to say they nailed the graphics. Uh, it looks uh, actually like an episode of Peppa Pig, but oh my god, there is so much uh, bad, bad with this game. First off, the voice actors sound like they're 20 years older than they should be in the cartoon. Oh, interesting. Um, That's interesting because they always change Peppa Pig's voice. So, I mean, the, the person who has been voicing her for like 13 years, Harley Bird, she's no longer the voice of it. She stepped down last year. And now oh, yeah, well, it's, 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 it's a situation we have with the Arnolds, you know, like we have like five different voice actors for Arnold. Keep in mind. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah, now Peppa Pig's currently voiced by a 10 year old. So, yeah. Okay. That doesn't surprise Continue. me. Continue. Yeah. Continue. But the cutscenes are unskippable, which sucks whenever you, there's a five minute cutscene that plays a, a, a five minute cutscene. Oh, and you can't skip it. I mean, like, I get it with Metal Gear Solid. Like, you know, that's part of the story. Like, you know, you, you know, a whole, you know, a cutscene that goes over like, you know, hours on end. You probably eat, you probably eat your dinner whilst you're watching it. But you know, yes. like, uh, yeah. But uh, at the same time, like, uh, you know, yeah, five minute cutscenes in a Peppa Pig game. I don't think so. No, uh, um, no, that that doesn't sound right. Remember, this is not a car This is not an episode of a show. It's a video game. You yeah, play exactly. it. Yeah. Which sucks because you have to go up, you have to go through them to go to where you you literally want to go, but you can't do anything until so this calls five minute times. Sorry, it's just it's just it's just a tirade on like you know five minute cutscenes. Um, mm. Also, um, the half of the game, Pepper tells you to go to Grandpa's house, even though you, you, you after you did a quest there. Speaking of quest, at one of the Grandpa's house, uh, one of the only ones that he tells you to go, I had to look up a, a guide to. Yeah, he had to look up a guide to to find out what to do with one of the quests because he didn't know where to go. Oh, I mean, like, uh, 
you know, you should, for a game that should be for, like, you know, preschoolers, that should, like, you know, you should make it as, like, simple as possible where you don't need a guy exactly. to get... That's pretty bad, yeah, actually. That is that is really bad. Now, the whole Metroid Dread thing, yes, you need a guide. I mean, at least if you're, like, really, really lost. But for Peppa Pig? Yeah. No. Uh, definitely not worth $40. Buy Bud's, Bud's Snacks instead. Uh, I don't know what Bud's Snacks What? Bud's Snacks is... Uh... B-U-T-T? Uh, no, uh, Bug Snacks. It's a B-U-G-S-N-A-X. Um, oh, Bug Snack. Oh, I know what that game is. It's um, it's an indie game where you get to play as insects. Okay. It's kind of like um, kind of like Super Mario sixty four or Banjo Kazooie. Kind of like one of those three D platformers. I've heard about that game. Yeah. Well, last you know that is our show. So, uh, yeah, have fun playing Peppa Pig if you're going to buy it. But, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, good grief. You know, I could see this. I, if, if I was still doing our own plays, I could probably do it like for an April Fool's Day episode. But, you know, I, I'm not going to pay 35, I'm not going to pay 35, 40 pounds for it. Like, you know, it's that's that's a, that's a pretty, you know, that's even, that's even more expensive than some of our other games that are actually out there at the minute. Like, mm-hmm. you know, which are pretty good. So, like, uh, you know, I, I I think if I was going to get it for a joke, I'd have to wait for it to get to, like, five bucks or something like that. You know, like, uh, something where, you know, it's going to be affordable. So. Okay. Cool. All right, everybody. Well, um, that's our show. So. All right. Cool. Well, thank you so much for listening. Or if you're watching this, thank you so much for watching. Yeah. And by the way, um, we are, I mean, Patricia's going to be putting this up on the old school lane channel just for now. And uh, eventually we're going to get our own Aaron Patricia channel going. But so just for then, we're going to just go to old school lane if you want to watch us. So. Yes. Yeah. And if you want to listen to us, then go on Anchor. Yeah. There you go. Right. Take care, everybody. Have a good week. And we will see you next week. So take care. And bye right. for now. See you, everyone. Recording stopped. Cool. Cool. And I will.